Welcome back to the show. There's no telling where we'll go. So come and share a laugh on the Imp and Skiz podcast. We're back for another installment of Azuma. We got him up on the wall here. We got his... Uh, Quit smacking him in the face. Well, I can Hello. do what I... He gets it, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we want to, I want to take this opportunity to uh, once again thank Azuma for taking this time and give it, giving us... His time. We spent the first installment talking a lot. It was pretty Minecraft centric. I mean, it had different layers. Um, we talked a little, touched on leadership and stuff like that. And I am willing to bet Minecraft will find its way into this conversation uh, a little bit. It always does sure. a little bit, but we are we we do have uh, the intention to learn a little bit more about Azuma uh, in regards to who he is, who he was. Uh, who he thinks he's going to be, um, his other passions. I mean, I I know a little bit about uh, some of his other passions that I am excited to get into because it's from a musical standpoint, I have a leg to stand on here. So I'm very excited. So again, Azuma, welcome back. Thank you for your time, ma'am. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, another round of questions. <laughs> yeah, and we have we got plenty of them. So um, for selfish reasons, if we can, I just want to jump in. I just want to jump into the, into the music. Okay. I want to go right into it. Uh, because when he talks about having a band and, uh, and, and what, what that is, I, when I was younger, I did have my own rock band. I was the drummer for it. And there's something so overwhelmingly special about that chapter of my life, uh, that I'm very excited to hear, uh, X's journey in this and what, what compels him to want to make music. I imagine his desire to make music, uh, it parallels the desire to make good Minecraft content or to make YouTube content. Um, and, and just sort of how, how we got into it and the discipline it takes to pull off that type of music. So tell me, give me X, give me you, give me you as a musician, you as a member of your band, tell me about your band. Give it all to me if you would. First of all, uh, my band is a one man band. So it's, it's just all me. Um, I've never actually really like played with other musicians. I've, I've tried to make it happen in the past, but I've always just found like, I don't know. It's just like more natural to just do everything myself. Um, but you know, as as it is for many people, that like strong affinity that some of us develop with music happened in my youth. I had a pretty miserable youth, and so music was like this constant outlet, this constant thing that you could turn to, and it was like there to get you through the tough times. And so I just developed such a deep like connection with it that you know, to this day, the emotions it can make you feel are just extraordinary and so being a young person listening to music uh, it was also like sort of like the cultural thing that me and all of my friends did growing up it was all about music so we have like strong bonds over bands and stuff and going to gigs and you know over the years along the way i got a guitar i just started playing and doodling and i think i like touched on uh, last time how i hit a point in my life where i looked at all of that and decided I'm going to do it properly. Mm. Um, and then I, you know, I took all those songs that I just wrote without thinking about it and then started to try and turn it into something. I had the the name Soul Side Eclipse, which I came up with, oh, I must have been about like 16. And it was just walking home from school one day. And the words just kind of like came together in my head because I feel like when I listen to music, it like, it like touches your soul and it's like an eclipse of everything else going on in the world. You're just like in that moment and creating music did that for me too, which is fascinating because I don't know how you feel about it when you create, but like I can create really dumb stuff 
you know you're just doodling <laughs> around on a keyboard and yet it feels just as great as like when you're listening to some of your favorite records the, the and i know it's not that for anyone else right it's just the act of you doing it yourself so yeah. I, I have this really like deep connection with music and then the act of me making my own is really deep as well and um yeah i guess I, i've made some music in the past and i've recently gotten back into it again so when you say you're a one-man band you're you're multiple instruments or how does that work so primarily i just play the guitar as a performer i have a drum kit back in the day I used to play it quite a bit um so you know i could write decent drum beats and stuff for my music and then i've got keyboards to program stuff on the computer so i'm not really a keyboard performer but i can like you know play hit the notes and make the sounds if you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so yeah so like i can write all different elements and then with a keyboard you can write music for um you know all sorts of different instrument instruments like string sections or flutes or whatever it is you want to throw in there you can do the same thing on the guitar because it all translates the uh instrument is often the aesthetic and then you know if you're writing something on a guitar you can translate it to something else so um yeah those are those are the main three things but really like as a on a performer it's just the guitar like i play the guitar and then i can kind of find my way around a drum kit and a keyboard too gotcha yeah that's impressive I, I, i've actually seen videos of azuma playing guitar uh where you actually recorded yourself um so you can actually yep. see his biceps which are actually pretty big um, <laughs> uh, but he covers his face with the scream mask you remember mm. the movie oh, scream yeah. and yeah, he's yeah. got the long open mouth black yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's got one of those masks he'll put on his face and he'll just jam on the guitar and he he can riff. He he's he he's got some skills. I've seen it. So, X, have you um ever have you ever played with anybody else? You ever had yourself a drummer or jammed with anybody before? Yeah, I um I jammed with some friends back in the day and I think the problem was I was just way more ambitious. You know, I was like, "Oh, let's get together again and continue working on that song." But for them, it was just like they just wanted to hang out yep. and drink and get high or whatever. <laughs> um, that was a common theme I felt in my youth is that I would be the one, whatever it was we were doing, I would want to like step up and try and make something out of it. Like my mates, I used to think they're hilarious. Well, they are hilarious. You know, you know what it is when you have that sort of like shared comedy between friends. Yeah. Um, and I would always just be the one to be like, why don't we try and turn this into something? Like we record it, make videos, like. And yeah, my friends just weren't on that level. So we used to jam and play together, but it would never like manifest into anything serious. You know, I, I can, ah, boy, boy, can I identify with that? So I go back and, and I really, I, I, like I said, having my band back in the day is, is something I hold dear and very close to my heart um, because it was legitimately a couple of the best years of my life. It just was. And, and, and making, you know, uh, music that didn't exist before. And when you're done, you have a, a finished product and we, we cut two albums and now I, you know, I get to have those forever and that's neat. Uh, but there was a bit of contention in the fact that our approaches to the art was a little bit different. Our, our, our singer was our leader. There was no question. And, and he was a pretty good one. He had, he had some things that he could have worked on, but he was sort of a strong arm leader, right? It was going to be his way or it wasn't going to happen. So that was, that was obviously hard to work with, but he did want to be serious. He did want to grow. And so did I. And, and in terms of um, our music and everything, I was very, very adamant that we all continuously get better at our craft. 
And mm-hmm. I took the drums extremely seriously. And my my guitarist, including the singer, they were they were I love them to death, but they were both very very average guitarists. Not because they couldn't be better, because they just didn't work on their craft. And the bassist was good, and, and I thought he, but he didn't work on his craft. Another, and it used to cause issues inside our band practices. Where I'd be like, we we've been here a year. You guys are the same stagnant players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, and we would get in these arguments. And I was a young kid and everything, but we'd get in these arguments where I'd just be like. What, why, why are you not working on this? Why are you the same? You have, you're the same player you are now than you were a year ago. And we'd have all these problems and these fights and all that. So, uh, like I can identify with that. It's when you're not all on the same page, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to progress forward. Mm -hmm. But again, I regret, you know, nothing. (laughs) I I, I loved it. So there's there's an interesting, not, not a parallel, but something that became quite clear as you were saying that like, like the environment of a band, you really have to like come together to create the output if if you if we just go back to hermitcraft for a second and think about one of the things that's made it successful like it's it's that we don't actually have to all oscillate at the same rate right like and and then there's also like a natural selection of like the people that come here because you do your own individual thing within the collective like you attract those like-minded level of people as well whereas in in music like you know you're going to be stuck with that person right like and if they're going to go at a different pace that's going to like slow everyone down when it comes to yep like like you were saying trying to like level up and get to the next stages of band yeah yeah you definitely have to uh you have faith in each other and rely on each other to to make a common product right where yeah. content creation is a, is a little bit different you know you can we have the the ability to, to pick and choose who we work with basically or who we want to collab with and and that can change if if you i i've had those days too where i'm just like i'm not feeling very like open today you know what i mean like like i want to be outgoing and, and even talk to anyone else i'm just gonna go solo you know go yeah, do my sure, solo sure. thing yeah you know but when you're in a band and you're you're stepping into a studio or on stage that you don't have that option yeah. right so it's, it's you got to show up for sure yeah, i remember i just i wanted my job i wanted to be the best drummer for those guys than I that, that that the best version of myself as a drummer. That's what I wanted to be for them. And it and uh and you're right, you all you gotta be on the same page. But um uh, may, maybe one day, X, maybe there's maybe there's a jam session uh, in our future. Dude, <laughs> Azuma, like there's people want that. so yeah. many people have said because they know I'm a drummer, yeah, uh and Azuma's a guitarist, that we should get together. And in fact, uh Azuma, you had uh an album that you put together. We're we're, we're skipping you know, from early on to, to now, but uh, you recently had an album that you'd put together and people were like, you should drum to it. You know, like they, they, they wanted me to drum to it so bad. And I was like, yeah, that could be a thing. Or maybe someday Azumo, you can make a song and yeah. send it to me and I'll do the drum beats or something. Like we definitely should. I totally do that. Um, I can hook you up with the, uh, the, the drumless track you know yeah that would be strip, strip that, the drums out for you that would be stellar uh people would love that we think back of like collabing on music together we actually have done a collaboration uh but mm-hmm. it was a lot different a it was it was a rap <laughs> it was yeah. it was hermit gang uh tell us about like when that project came about <laughs> what was going on in your mind like how did you feel about I that i was so hyped i was so <laughs> i have loved hip-hop and rap from as long as i can remember and I always fancied like right, like I said, back in the day I wrote poetry. So like mm. I I got this like idea of how to string together 
sentences and put rhymes in there and stuff. And when I found out we were going to do a rap, I, I was immediately in a notepad writing down ideas, finding rhyming words. Uh, I absolutely love, and I don't care that it's like goofy and it's like a Minecraft rap. <laughs> it was just so much fun. And every now and then I go back and listen to it again. And like, everyone just sounds amazing on it. It was one of these really unique things to come out of Hermit Craft, yeah, right? Something we never, nobody would have ever seen coming. We never thought in a million years we'd make a rap we song. We never saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like you said, I it's just like this thing that it came together so well. And I was so happy with, with the way it came out. And none of us are professional rappers. So it's, of course, you know, we're no M&Ms. But like it, it was, it was good. <laughs> it is a bop. Like I, I play it on my stream all the time. It's a nice break song like it's a perfect length for me to go get water and hit the restroom or whatever and, and come back and it's and, and then by the time i come back because my verse is later in the song i'm actually able to like listen to my own verse and, and i think also azuma's and nice. in, in ren's as well i catch all the time and it's just like every time i hear it i'm like i can't believe we made this you know yeah. what I mean? i'm like so, so happy cool. with ourselves for doing something crazy like that again that was one of those step into your well you know stepping into a discomfort i was i didn't even think in those terms actually i was so excited to give it a, a try but i imagine for yourself or maybe some of the others like again there's always going to be some discomfort we're doing something like that right you know putting yourself out there you're a minecraft creator and now you're doing a rap like yeah yeah i think we pulled it off i think we did like something really good it, it would be quite easy to get that really wrong uh but we got the tone spot on i think yeah i didn't i i didn't at the time know it was gonna go somewhere uh i thought it was just a goofy little idea that would maybe not actually come to fruition and so like now knowing what what happened what the outcome of it was i'm like i wish i had recorded about 10 more takes of my rap you know what i mean just to make sure it was like yeah great you know but yeah who knows i might not have been any better <laughs> man that's yeah what a what a cool thing let's so you 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 clearly have um, uh, the ability to exercise pretty intense focus, and and you've you've mentioned X that you know you had your youth, you maybe were a little bit uh, misguided, and I'm not trying to cross any lines here, but I, I am curious in regards to who you were as a child, right? I like to I like to know this about people because you know I was so you would never think it now, but like for me personally, when I was young, I was extremely sports oriented. I didn't even, I mean, I started drumming in fourth grade, but I, I wouldn't even say I started drumming until high school, you know, and, and, but I was so sports oriented that, that my, my family, my brothers tell me now, and when I was in my, doing my rock band, they were like, we never saw this coming. We mm -hmm. thought that you were going to definitely do sports throughout high school. And I didn't do any sports. And I mean, I did, but not like, you know, I wasn't serious. Uh, talk to me about X. Let me, let me hear about you as a kid. What is it that made you tick and what got your, uh, got your attention? Oh, it's interesting that you say like childhood because um, I, I kind of, I don't think I knew who I was as a child. I don't think I was very self-aware, conscious, or maybe even awake. Um, this is something I've talked about on stream, so it might sound really strange. There's quite a few other people that have this experience too of their childhood just sort of, you're more of like a blank slate. You've not got much going on. I had interests, but like they weren't passions. I played with like, connects or legos but like it never really meant much um i, I kind of the start of who i am i think was when i was a teenager just one day waking up in a miserable situation and i don't know in a weird way it just it felt like the start of everything hmm. um 
and and that's when I realized that I had this sort of like deep connection to music around that time as well. And so uh, just, you know, I don't want to harp on about it, but it was like coming from a rotten place. I really feel like I, I became who I am through that. And who I am today really is just the escape of that, you know, the, the personal growth and and the development away from it. So like as as a child, there was honestly, there was like, really nothing until till I was a teenager and I discovered that I like, you know, have this creative passion for music and stuff. So as a, as a teenager to, to kind of wake up one day and realize that you're not in the place that, that you want to be, uh, and maybe consider rock bottom or whatever you want to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's pretty common with, with a lot of, a lot of teenagers, especially around that age. And, uh, what would you say, what, like at this point in time, now that you've kind of You've woken up, you've transformed into the human you are now. Uh, what do you think was like a catalyst for that that turnaround and, and what were things that you you did that you could maybe give advice to any of our listeners that might be waking up today in that space you found mm. yourself many years ago? Yeah, you, you need to find you need to find voices that you connect with. You need to find ideas that uh, give you a sort of positivity that you can action upon maybe it's not even positive maybe it's just like rational maybe it's just a path to walk on because i i never had that i never had uh someone who would push me in the right direction i got i went in all the wrong directions and did all the wrong things and when i hit rock bottom years later uh, a figure for me who was massively influential was uh henry rollins he he was saying so many things in his both his music and his stand-up that i could relate to but then here he was this you know this this figure who had done so much with his life and it kind of you know started to give me that impetus of pursuing that creativity and making something out of yourself so i would say like if you can find that action of just trying to find something that helps you keep doing that keep searching until you find it because in your life you're going to need ideas that can build up who you are you know, um, you're going to have to get those in there, learn about them and then act upon them. So like the quicker you can get that process started, then you can go on that journey of personal growth. And for me, like, I'm not going to say, unfortunately, it, it came across quite late, but like, I mean, it got me here now. So I've got no complaints. Like I look back at the past now as well, you know, that was rough at the time, but here I am now. It's it's worked out okay, and I think for anyone who's in a rough spot, things can turn around. It's a good it's a good testament that that it can happen, right? You oh, can yeah. you can get out of whatever kind of dark situation you're in, and and make something make something happen if you're willing to put that that first step, take that first step, and yeah. and head in the direction that's that's going to be positive. You're he's uh you got to find the right people. Like he's saying, find the right voices mm -hmm. surround yourself with the right people. I, you know, me impulse, I, everything to me, I, I'd see the whole world in metaphors. I can't help, <laughs> but do that. And I'm seeing like something interesting with, with X here is he's, he's very clearly a very expressive person. And I feel like he's, he's mentioned this a couple of times and it also touches something with me when I was younger. And actually you do know this about me. Uh, I, I used to write a lot of poetry you know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I used to do that and, and I, I, it was a way of expressing myself. And I, it was always when 
there was turmoil or something uh, that it, it would always come out in some sort of form of poetry or something very positive uh, would also come out in a form of poetry and, and being expressive and being needing to do that. I kind of picture this, like it's like a faucet, right? You turn on a faucet and, and some people's flow is a little bit different uh, than others, but you see in X's case, everything is starting to add up for me on why he blew up and why he get, became as successful as he did because uh, he was basically a water balloon attached to that faucet and everything was being subdued. So the fact that he uh, has this expressive bone or this uh, this need to create, this need to give to the ether, um, that's been in him his whole life. But the circumstances kind of blocked the flow, but it blocked it and it just stored up in him and built and built and built. And all of a sudden he made that shift and that shift is the explosion of the water balloon and he, and the world was blessed, you mm -hmm. know, and all of a sudden, and it just kept going. And so not only did it, all this expression uh, come out of him, but the flow was, we never turned the faucet off yeah. and he's just been going all this time. Yeah. It's interesting, man. The world's, uh, we're, that's we're, really, we're... that's really insightful. Like, uh, <laughs> wow. You, that, that's that's ticked my mind over i'm really thinking about that yeah it, it that that makes so much sense so much sense it's good so um one thing that you've been doing uh, in addition to the other million things you're doing is you do uh like a blog uh where you review albums and yep i am super impressed at how diligent you are at doing it i mean i see them come out all the time and i every time i see one come out i'm like when did he have the time to sit down and listen to an entire album and then document his feelings about that album? And the other thing I think of when I see your blogs is you have such a wide range of genres that you cover. So you truly do immerse yourself in music from all, all walks of life, pretty much. Um, tell me how that came about and, and what you... Like, what drives you to continue to do that when you have so much going on mm. in your life already? Good question. It's um, the, the blogs, they, they basically write themselves. Uh, so my, my passion of music sort of manifests in this way where, like, I, I, when I look back at how I was with my friends growing up, I'm the guy who keeps bugging you to listen to this record, that <laughs> one, you're like this, you should check those out, you know? Uh, but it's because I've got so much passion and also I like pick up on what other people like. So if they like that band, I hear something about them in this this band over here. And, uh, you know, it, it just like lights up my brain so much music does that um, it, it almost bugs me in a way. Like I want to just waffle and talk about it. And rather than, you know, barking at other people about how great I think this record is, I just decided, you know, I'm going to start writing about it and do it as a blog. And it just became really therapeutic. You get it all off your chest, all those feelings and mm. thoughts and the excitement of the music just turns into words. And so now it's like, I, you know, you, you ask, like, how do I get the time? I'm always listening to music if I'm on the go or if I'm recording a Minecraft video, there's, there's music in the background. And my, it's like I've got two brains. I can totally take it all in while I'm doing something else. And over the course of like getting through a record, the words will just like come together. And so every now and then there's like half an hour to sit down, type, 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 type. There it is, post it, and like, and, and off you go, you know? Um, as for the broadness of the music that I like, um, when I was growing up, like, there would be some bands that I would like and I would show to friends and they'd be like, nah, they suck. <laughs> oh. me. Right? Oh. But then it took me time to realize I do that to other bands too. I'm like, well, they suck. 
for example, I used to, um, I never used to like Iron Maiden, which is like blasphemy. And then when I started going to festivals, I would get exposed to more music and Iron Maiden were playing and me and all my mates were like sitting around in a tent. And I was sort of like, yeah, yeah, Iron Maiden, they're not very good, are they? But we should probably go check them out, right? And everyone's like, nah, they suck. We'll stay here. And then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, a few minutes will pass and they'll be like, yeah, I can hear Iron Maiden playing. Should we go watch them? And everyone's like, no. And then eventually I was like, okay, right, I'm going to go by myself. And then I absolutely just fell in love with it. Yeah. And, and, and I realized that the problem was is that I'm trying to hear myself in someone else's music. Whereas if I try and hear what they're about, you can experience other worlds, other perspectives. And why I didn't pick up on this sooner is really weird because one of the first um, groups that I really got into was NWA. And what they were talking about was so alien to me. I was literally, you know, flown across the world to LA and realizing how different life was for people in that environment. And there's a lot of that in hip hop. And then other musics express different perspectives and whatnot. And so over time, I've just slowly learned that lesson. And then when I realized that I'd learned that lesson, it just made everything so much easier to listen to because now I can just go and listen to pop music and try and like hear what the artist is trying to say or some obscure noise music or whatever. And it's like about finding that connection with what they're trying to express. And then you can experience like essentially what they're feeling, right? And so that's wow. why I like such a broad like <laughs> lay of music. So uh, let's let's unpack this a little bit because we are using music as the nucleus of this conversation. But what you're talking about, the implications of that that sort of human approach, uh, the the implications supersede music on a very great level. You're, I mean, just in terms of when you said that you were trying to find, you know, see how you identified with that music, or trying to see your find, you know, see yourself in the music. And that sort of blocked you, you kind of, you, you shed your old skin and you just opened your mind and you ended up enjoying stuff that you were likely not going to enjoy. Had you not taken that step of vulnerability, we can do, I mean, just the world in general, like this, the world needs more of that in, in mm -hmm. terms of what it is to actually identify with a different uh, type of people or culture that is, he used the word alien. I mean, that was the perfect word. Yeah. It wasn't, he didn't use the word different. He used the word alien. It was, he was that separated from that reality, but when when X opened his mind to it, he's able to appreciate it on a on a, a very very deep level that we that that could translate just to the just life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just life. It's, it's like that that phrase like walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Yes, dude. When you accept the the fact that their message is going to be different than yours, and you can appreciate it for what it is and learn from it, then it, it's a it's a different ballgame. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That, and, and sometimes, and unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes it has to be forced uh, upon you. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm going to out myself for, there was a while there that I quite literally had great disdain for the band rage against the machine. When I was younger, when I, when they, when they like, I first started hearing them because I just couldn't get my head wrapped around Zach, Zach's voice. I just, I didn't like his voice. Um, and I just, it felt like there was just too much complaining going on and my buddy would play <laughs> every day and I was, it just started to bug me. And then they started, I liked them a little bit more. And then I got to a point to where I stopped listening and I just started reading the lyrics out of the album cover and, and I would read it. I'm like, Oh, this guy's a, 
an incredible poet. And then, and then all of a sudden I'm now I'm really into the music. And I realized that the, uh, the, the, the guitarist actually went to Juilliard and I'm like learning all these things. <laughs> and then next thing I know, my favorite singer in the world, Maynard James Keenan sings a little cameo in one of the, oh, I'm off to the races. <laughs> Had I not been forced on it, I'd never would have happened. If I, I didn't have the insight to open myself up the way X did. And mm-hmm. had I done that, I would have, I would have learned a lot quicker. And I've, yeah. I, I'm, I've cut myself off. My, my wife refers to me as a music snob. I don't think I am. I like a lot of different stuff, but I know for a fact that I am not as open as what the story that X just illustrated. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to give that a go. Speaking of Maynard, he just opened, uh, like a winery restaurant. Yeah. Like near us. In Cottonwood. We got yeah, go, Cottonwood. We got to go, yeah. go check it out. Also, as you might uh, yeah, leave, I you just a, I got a great anecdote here for uh, what you just said, Skiz. Do it. Do you want to know what one of my hardest ones to get past was? It uh. was Tool. Oh! For the longest time, <laughs> we all hated Tool. They were Tools. We weren't interested. And then again, it just uh, I think it was Ren. Yeah, Ren was like, "Oh, I'm a huge Tool fan," and I, and I was like, "Oh, that band." And I was like, "No, no, no, wait. I know what this is about. I've got some weird old." prejudice for whatever reason and i was like this guy's raving about tool i'm gonna get into them and listen to them and and now for like a few years i've been like a huge on them yes. i've seen them live and i think they're incredible yes and <laughs> it was just because i had a stupid idea in my head that apparently i didn't like that band oh. i couldn't even tell you why you know <laughs> that is so, that's uh, incredible i now uh, so that my journey with tool and that they are my number one and they have been for decades uh, my journey is the same guy who forced Rage Against a B- Machine on me. I would I wouldn't want to say forced because I'd never had a problem with Tool, but I just was never I would didn't really focus. And uh, there he would just play Tool a lot as well. And he he knew me. He's like, you're going mm-hmm. to it's going to happen for you. And it did again decades ago. And I started studying them, and I was studying Danny Carey, their drummer, for years and years. And oh, I see. and I was just good oh, he yeah. is. So good. Mm-hmm. He is so good and he's so innovative. And when you hear his disposition and how he uh, approaches his craft, uh, he's just like the, you know, people ask him, how is it that anybody can get this good at something? And he's like, just don't ever be okay with where you are. That's it. And I thought, it, I thought wasn't he like wow. classically trained? Didn't he go to like some, some major music school too? I'd have I, to look it I up. I, I might be, Danny did, I might be mistaken, but yeah, I thought yeah. I, I thought I ever heard that about him. Is it, but you did a, when go back to Maynard, you did a, a review on was it Perfect Circle or was it uh, what was that other Pussifer? Yeah, Pussifer. Did, which you, I thought I saw a blog you did lately on one of Maynard's uh, other bands. Circle, Pussifer. I've I think I've heard a couple of songs on. It's like one of those things I want to get around to, but there's like a million things I want to get around <laughs> to. Yeah. So I checked out a Perfect Circle and I could find some songs that I really liked on their re- records, but then other stuff that I just wasn't really uh connecting with so much but you know when when you do find that little connection and they go on the favorites list and like i use spotify now i didn't for the longest time i resisted but (laughs) when it shuffles them back on and each time you hear it you just get into it that little bit more um so yeah i really do like them and then i think i've written about all the tool records now Mm. uh including their latest and fingers crossed they'll make another one as well hopefully because they're fantastic yeah. musicians. Not to turn this into a tool podcast. Oh, but, I could do it. But but uh, <laughs> you know they do have a they had a history where they did not want their music on these digital platforms like Spotify, uh, and there was a reason for it. They didn't like the idea of people uh, listening to their songs like in picking and choosing 
their songs from like a greatest hits list or anything like that because they yeah they felt like their entire album was one giant song one giant artwork piece of piece of music and so yeah they resisted resisted forever but thankfully they are on spotify because i did just go through their entire discography Mm -hmm. um i when i go to the gym and i'm on the treadmill it's my favorite thing to do and i'm pretty sure like everybody in the gym thinks i'm weird because i'm always drumming on the treadmill as i'm (laughs) listening to tool in the gym but me too uh, it is fantastic they're just yeah they're such great i'm I'm glad you came around x i'm glad uh we'll have to thank ren for, oh, for giving you another oh, nudge in that direction. All the thanks to Ren. I, <laughs> yeah, all the thanks. I already hold Ren in very high regard, and I didn't think it get get higher. It got higher yeah. because he brought this gift to X. Yeah, this is a big deal. Man, good on you, Ren. <laughs> what's, Man, what's funny is that like they should have fit perfectly into the kind of music I like. Like I was always into the weird, obscure metal with like odd time signatures, like Meshuggah being a huge one, mm-hmm. and they are just so in that lane of like artistry with using musical odd that we can say oddities but like it's not common to use different sort of time signatures and patterns and stuff right that they do um that, that was totally totally up my alley and i completely missed it <laughs> oh, it's just incredible yeah that's yeah they're they're um my understanding is because so here's the this is a funny thing about um now that we're talking a little i'm not gonna make it a tool podcast but just a little bit more so there's, uh, I, I heard this really funny story. Uh, I don't know, wh- I don't know what it was, but I was talking about Tool or something. And uh, <laughs> as a drummer, I've you can I can sit in for a band, right? Almost, almost, almost any band, right? Because most stuff is is just four four. You hit on two and four mm. with a snare, you're good to go. I've I've done a, a live concert before with a band where I was hearing their music for the very first time while I was playing it, right? And it blew everybody away. But it was like, no, this is. It's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that their music is simplistic, but it, it falls in line with, you know, most, uh, four, four music. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the basses had a good, did a good job communicating with me. But anyways, you talk about that story and any drummer, uh, and I've always referred to myself as fantastically average when it comes to drum set, but, uh, this, the, any drummer can do that. You can do it. We can do mm-hmm. it. Right. Uh, I heard a story of a guy who, uh, there was a tool cover band and uh, their drummer couldn't make the show or whatever. And uh, so there's, they got another drummer to fill in. They're like, you want to fill in for us? And, and he comes over to practice and like, so you're familiar with Tool? He's like, no, nah, I never really listened to Tool. And they're all, oh, well, that's going right. to be a problem. And he's like, no, just go ahead and play. I'll just join in. They're all, yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't, it's too deliberate. And that's yeah. my understanding is the way they make their music is they actually make all the music first. And they and then and then Maynard gets it, and Maynard lets the music marinate, and the words are are come a, after the fact. I don't know how true that is, mm. but it, when I think about it and I listen to the music, I'm like, no, it makes perfect sense because what they're they're just jamming, but they're jamming very deliberate, structured jamming that's musically beautiful. And then Maynard takes that and he finds a way to uh, put lyrics on top of it, and then then now you while have yourself a masterpiece doing his winery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anyway, so we, we, uh, we've been talking about music quite a bit, but there's a lot more there to is. Azuma than, than just music and just Minecraft and, and, and YouTube. Um, you, you mentioned kind of like kind of turning your life around in a way. And one thing that I've taken some inspiration from watching you do Azuma is, is your, your healthy habits, right? Like you, mm. you have shared, uh, some, some of the food habits that you have kind of like molded over the the past at least since i've known you um you, you've talked about some of the things that you've changed diet wise 
Uh, you've talked about some of your your exercise routine habits and stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, like what was your driving factor for becoming like healthy in in a in a, and it, when we're talking about food and, and exercise regimens? Yeah, I think it. I think it stems from two things. One was. Um, just one day, you know, I started to become a bit more conscious of my health as I was getting older. And I looked at one of those uh, BMI indexes for like height and uh, weight. And th those things are, you know, perhaps averagely accurate on a statistical, like like on a demographic level, but maybe on an individual level, they're more dubious. But it put me at just under the overweight marker for my height. And it, it kind of made me quite self-conscious. And then I was like, I think I need to like change something here. So I would then start cycling. I was like cycling every single day for a year. And, and then I felt like I wanted to go further. So I started uh, running and lifting weights. And then, um, you know, like that became a routine. And I would get more and more interested in this stuff. So when I first learned about it, it was very like rudimentary. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, go for a run. I get it. But then I, I guess I got kind of like deeper and deeper into it. And, and then podcasting became a huge thing. And you can find a lot of people who are very knowledgeable in this stuff, sharing uh, a lot of information about, you know, the details of all of that. So it went from doing the basics to becoming sort of a passion. And, and again, part of the whole like personal growth thing. Uh, another, another factor that really motivated me, as I, I mentioned, like struggled in my youth. And we would now obviously call that like mental health. So I also learned that taking care of your body will take care of your mind. Hmm. The more you exercise and stay in good condition, it, it has a really positive effect on your feelings. Yes. And so that gave me a huge drive to continue. And yeah, that's, that's just gotten to the point where I've just learned tons about diet. I eat extremely healthy and lean and only eat two meals a day now. And I have a exercise regimen that means that I'm you know putting a couple of hours at least into exercise every day and that's become my routine because i started a long time ago and i didn't jump in the deep end i just you know started with something simple which was get on the bike every day uh and it's kind of like building a wall you know you just place down a brick at a time and then you get to a place where you're really healthy and you know i really value that immensely and so i keep on it every day and um keeps me feeling good yeah, it sounds like wow. so we did a podcast on building habits, right? Yeah, building up good habits. habits. And That's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah and I think uh, did you have a chance to to listen in on that one, Azuma? I know you said you listened to some I'm of ours. Pretty sure I did. Yeah, that's the sort of topic that really uh, I really like because that was a big impact on me when I found that sort of advice of all this stuff you're doing. Think about it through the lens of habits. And it's like, oh, there's all these like simple routine things that you do in your day. And you can just add little blocks onto it. Of, yeah. I don't know, like stretching or going for a walk after you eat. And, and, and they just become so natural. They become like effortless. And so, yeah, when you put things through the lens of habits, you can kind of just make things so much easier on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember you telling stories about like how this all came about. And when it, when it first started, you know, like you said, you started with just cycling a little bit and then it. And then you add it on, okay, now I'm going to start eating a little bit more. And and it just kind of like clicked for me that like you automatically were doing habit chaining. 
you know, mm-hmm. like, it, and that's something yes. that we talked about in our, in our podcast. And, and I was like, this is before our podcast, obviously. So you, you must've either just innately been aware that that's what it was going to take to drive you to the place you wanted to be, or, or had you done some sort of research in, in habit building, you know, or did it just come natural? It was, it was just a case of being driven by the goal of like getting better and knowing that I need to do that each day. When I learned about the idea of it, of like habits, it was like, uh, I don't know, not like a eureka moment, but sort of realizing, oh, that's kind of what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. But then having the language of habits mm. all of a sudden made you made it easier to look at in a way that you can like manipulate and interact with better. And so like, uh, was it, was his name James Clear? Atomic Habits was mm-hmm. the yep. big book Sounds that right. did the rounds yeah like after reading that it was just wow it took it to another level there are all these other little things you can do to like build up your habits and uh, it all really helps yeah absolutely i would i recommend that book as well i read it um and that's what led me to want to talk about habits was i had read that book i think you're right james clear atomic habits was the name of the book so definitely a good read uh i don't know if we mentioned it during the podcast i don't at think all. so unless i'm just not yeah remembering. that would have been a good a good shout to to anybody that was looking to get a dive a little deeper into what we were talking about but um, yeah, after hearing X's journey with with tackling health and, and from exercise and from a food standpoint, and I read that book and I was like, he did, he he knew what he was doing. Like it, it, it all the, just kind of clicked. What's the guy's name? James Clear, I think it James was. James Clear. Yeah, hmm. pops into my head. Usually, I'm really bad at remembering. Yeah, stuff on the, the spot name like that. Atomic Habits is the title of the book for sure. Uh, and then we think it's the author's James Hey, man, Clear. There's, we might have stumbled on it. I think X's real name is James Clear. Yeah, you, <laughs> he's plugging his own book. <laughs> no, I think I listened to the audio book, and it was actually him narrating, and he did not sound like X. So uh, he might be a voice modular. I don't know. but <laughs> You know, I saw this, um, this one-liner that was so astute that it said, I'm not trying to get deliberate about the concept of depression, but it was quite literally about depression. And it said, I believe that depression is real. I believe depression is a very real thing. However, I also believe that if you don't eat right, you don't exercise, you don't get the right sleep, you don't surround yourself with the right people, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was so, so X touched on something there in regards to like he, you know, he developed these really healthy habits. And, and uh, I, I, I can, I, this is a very healthy lifestyle that I'm listening to. And, and I, you know, that's okay. Well, decision made. I'm going to come live with you for like a year X and I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. And then we're going to make a whole better skiz. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you though. Like on the, on the, like exercise helps mentally because I will find myself in one of those like ruts where I just couldn't muster the energy to stick to my exercise routine and it'll, uh, a week or two will go by and suddenly I'm in this like weird, dark cloud of negativity. And I'm like, what's going on here? Why am I, why am I so like snapping at people or, or like every day feels like a burden and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. You get in that mood. And I was like, oh, there it is. I'm not eating right. I'm not exercising like I it's should a big be. Deal. And then it's I, big and deal. then I, and then I take that first step and I get back into that, that regiment that, that I, I know works for me. And next thing I know, like I'm in a positive space again and my yeah. mental, my mental attitude has just completely changed. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. I feel like that, that feeling is waiting for me every day, which is why I like start, like my, my morning routine is all walking, stretching, working out and then eating. And, and, and then like, I, that is always the first thing every day, right. Is like getting straight into that because 
once I've done it, then the rest of the day, it feels like you're just free. You're not going to feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to have that lethargy. But, um, you know, you were saying like a couple of weeks can go by. I think something that's really important to um, consider is that like when we think about working out and exercising, often it's all about, you know, putting in the most amount of time, energy and effort and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas sometimes you need to just do a little bit like a half ass workout is better than no workout. Mm -hmm. The goal isn't not to work out. It's just that some days it's it's hard to get to that thing. And so when you're not feeling like it, um, don't picture like that really hard workout. Just like what's the minimum that I would do right now, you know, yeah. and then do that and see if you've got room for a little bit more. And if you don't, that's all right. Like, but you want to always try and do something, I think. Yeah, I think that was one of the things important. that uh, James Clear, we, I hope we got his name right, was saying was like, don't fi don't focus on, on that. Just focus on putting your shoes on. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like just tie up your laces and then see where it goes. You know, don't don't mm -hmm. think about the next thing. And there was, then, there was yeah. a lot of wisdom in that book. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a nugget I got from that as well. But it is interesting how, you know, you can you can sometimes just lose the the desire, the discipline, and it gets harder, right, to take that first step. Yeah, it does. And and this is, and that, boy, X, you could be a motivational speaker, buddy. This is like, it, it's a whole nother level of being inspired and, and just mm -hmm. taking that first step. And here's a microcosm example of this. You know, I'm, I'm short a car right now, right? My car is, is no good. And I need, I wanted to get a haircut, not only for this podcast, but I want to make sure I have a haircut before we go to TwitchCon. And there's a very good chance. I'm not going to have any time to do it before we leave, even though it's not for several days. And yesterday I was like, I had a little, like I got caught up on work. And I'm like, I want to get, I, I, how am I going to, I don't have a car. How am I going to get there? I don't want to Uber there and all, whatever. And I realized, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to book it. I'm just going to book it. So I booked it online and I was like, well, I got to get there now. And so I did the math and I put my shoes on and I walked two miles to go get a haircut. And then I walked the two miles back mm -hmm. and I, and I was perfect. It was perfectly fine. All I had to do was get started. It was the same thing as you putting on your shoes. Right. Yeah. And, and X is talking about like, it sounds like X has obviously a, a, a really good regiment, but I'm seeing his regiment in his, in his discipline, um, as kind of a, a common theme of who he is in regards right. to, he's an activator. You know what I mean? He's an activator. He knows what it is to see something that should be, and he knows what it is to pull the triggers that need to happen and drive towards that thing. And it goes all the way into apparently why he's got these, I don't know, good, great biceps as you put them, right? <laughs> and, and everything is, uh, all, all tied together. So, it kind of makes me want to ask you this question, X. Um, there, no Minecraft, no YouTube, whatever. Well, who are you? What What are you doing with 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 your life? Because it's very clear that you've got a lot to offer the world. And uh, who who are you if you're not doing what you're doing now? That is. That's the most unbelievably difficult question to answer. <laughs> I feel like. He's like, he's like, wait a minute, you guys didn't send me this question uh, this in advance. Is, I haven't been I able do. to think this, about it. This is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, like, because I, I don't feel like I am a sumo or a sumo void, right? Like, I'm very aware that, like, this is a space I step into and there's a persona as a front here. But then in another way, who I am, like you were saying, with the discipline and the creativity, it all just bleeds through anyway um so i'm I'm not driven by the status that this brings i'm driven by the experience 
um, and that experience is often expressing creativity. So I, I feel like it's hard for me to picture doing something different. And there isn't, I don't know, there doesn't feel like there's too many other opportunities, right? Like at least ones that are also living. If if money wasn't an issue, the answer's so simple. I would just be doing music if I couldn't do this, mm. you know. Um, that's completely solved for me. Um, yeah, th there was there was some other point here I was about to land on, and then I distracted myself with the music thing. But I think I was trying to say that I'm just creative. Like, there's always going to be something that I want to get out of myself, and so that's probably who I am. You know, just someone with this brain that's like overactive, and it just needs to be just needs to be put out there somehow. I think Skiz landed on something though. Like, like you definitely have the ability to be a positive influence, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's through your, your Minecraft videos or just sharing stories of things that you're doing that's working for you um, through your workout regiments and, and eating habits and, and, you know, discipline towards learning your craft when it comes to music or, or video creation, whatever, uh, you know, <laughs> you could be a public speaker it, I, as much as, you know, that's probably terrifying to hear, but I mean, you're basically doing well, it right now. You're just, mask on. You, yeah, exactly. Just put your screen mask on mic up and, and, uh, and go give, go give people some inspiration. Cause that's, that's what I've gotten out of you since my time knowing you as, is just how much of a, a positive influence you are, uh, positive, always positive messages, always very understanding of of people uh of all facets and uh just understanding humankind and mm -hmm. and emphasis on the kind you know what i mean yeah. like that's that's who i've seen you as and i think that because that's your aura like that kind of aura needs to be spread to the world and you're doing it uh you you've you found yourself a platform to do it um uh, but if if this wasn't your platform i think you would gravitate towards another platform sim that's in a similar type of arena, you know? Yeah. That because, yeah, I think, no, I think you, maybe you, um, what you're touching on there is perhaps what's in uh, the Asuma Sesh channel to some extent, right? Like, mm -hmm. I've, I've, through streaming, streaming opened me up a lot more. It was no longer just Minecraft tutorials and things about Minecraft, it became more personal. And, uh, through that, I do I do feel like I have this thing in me where it's like you know you look at you, you, I think you said that it was like kindness, but I look out into the world and when there's like conflict and um, disagreement and stuff, I never like feel like I want to be on one side of that. I always just want to like what's the thing that would just bring it all together and make it okay. Um, and so I think like with my talkie channel, there's a lot of that on there. And, and maybe, you know, sowing the seeds for something in the future to, to be different. Like you said, maybe it was a different platform, but um, it, it might still be on YouTube. Maybe one day I'm no longer um, making Minecraft content, but maybe making more thought content and, you know, motivational stuff with discipline and whatnot. So, you know, that, that could be like my uh, post Minecraft thing, really. Yeah, you're kind, of, something like that. you're kind of inadvertently making a, a podcast on your Azuma Says channel, right? Uh, you know, that's what you, people say. Yeah, they it, say it's like a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so you're you're there. I mean, you obviously have some things to to share with the world. Uh, I wanna I wanna ask you one thing though, because it I found it hard to uh, handle, you know, negativity. You know, when it comes my way, right? We've uh, we've talked about this because and I've talked about this a lot of times in the podcast about how I handle negative comments and things like that. I'm curious how how you handle them 
when when you have people saying, "Oh, Azuma, you're you're terrible at this," or your take on something is 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 bad, things like that. Like, do do you find because, like you just said, you make yourself pretty vulnerable on these live streams. You you speak your mind, and and uh, and and not everybody is going to. Nobody ever agrees on everything, right? Sure. So, how do you handle that? Like, what are your feelings when when you get a little bit of pushback on some of your thoughts and opinions on things? I think feelings is really the the key word, and it's like the thing that I've learned over time because I've told myself lots of different stories, like I care, I don't care, it's this or that. But it's really just to acknowledge your feelings because your feelings come at you on that sort of irrational level, whereas usually what you're talking about you're trying to express some form of like rational rationality. So when people come back at you with, with negativity, it feels like, you know, you haven't been seen eye to eye and it can make you um, defensive. But I think in the environment we're in, the negativity that we see, there's definitely some of it out there, but I feel like the nature of the environment actually fosters a lot of negativity. You know, humans weren't really supposed to communicate through lines of text you're no impulse from the many messages we have exchanged <laughs> um you can tell if you're talking to me or not because every every sentence has a smiley face in it is usually how i roll <laughs> me too. Um, yeah it's like i always want to make sure my messages don't come off as mean in any way and so when you're reading those comments online you can very easily interpret them in a negative way um so I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it that's out there that we see, you know, we're content creators, we're expressing ourselves and that's like a vulnerable thing to do in a way with your creativity. And so you feel sensitive about it and you see those comments and it can hurt you when you feel like people have missed what you're about or what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it is just the nature of typing comments online. It just... It just doesn't have all of what talking to people in Correct. person has. You can hear intonation in voice. You can see body language. Um, here's a here's an interesting example, right? We we got the mob vote thing going on in the Minecraft community, <laughs> and in the past, I've been a bit on the side of complaining about it because it can set people up for disappointment. Here are these free options. You get to imagine how amazing they can be, and then we give you one, and we're probably going to under under deliver on your expectations. Now. This year, it's gotten really bad. There's been like a campaign going around trying to boycott it and say we should add all free. And now people are saying like they're showing us ideas that we'll never be able to have into Minecraft. And I feel like some of this is essentially like worst possible interpretation. This this thing is going on and we're just interpreting it in a really bad way. And we should acknowledge it for what it is. It's just a simple, lighthearted way to create some fun and engagement with the community, to obviously promote the game from a marketing standpoint. It obviously gets people talking about it. Um, but but look at all the negativity that stems from this. And when you read comments about the mob vote, which I've been reading a few of recently on my videos, you just see that language. And, and I think like, if we were in person chatting about why we don't like this mob, but we think this one's better, it would just be like, you know, a bunch of um, people sitting around having a fun conversation, having laughs and mm -hmm. sort of half debating seriously or not. But then online, it just looks different. It looks so radical. It looks like people are really distressed over yeah. this, right? Yep. You know? 
It, it's it's the the online nature that's making it, this negativity really difficult for us. Well, I think you nailed it when you talked about that we weren't really meant to communicate just through text like this. And like, if you think about it, not all people have uh, um, a, a real craft for the pen, right? Not all people know how to put string mm -hmm. words together in order to get uh, the right message across. And the and those who are very good at it are known as authors, <laughs> right? And even in that respect, it's it's a single direction. Uh, that the communication is traveling. It's going in one direction. And even in that respect, they have the luxury of taking a lot of time and thinking about what they're going to say and then deleting it and then going back and, and then it running through an editor. Mm -hmm. So our exposure uh, throughout these many generations to text communication has been through um, the optics of, of professionals. And now all of a sudden, a keyboard's been put at the fingertips of everybody on the planet and people aren't thinking about what they're saying. And for that reason, people aren't thinking about what they're reading. So uh, we can take, for example, not some of the negative comments that you might get in polls. They might be negative and or they might not be. They might be, they might, might be they negative might not at be, right? all. So they might have read the tone maybe, wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's so funny is that like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is you will say it. So impulse will say to me, X, he'll be like, oh man, I read this comment. I have, I'm just making it up like um, impulse. I don't think you should do it that way. Uh, whatever. I, I, I'm just making up words or whatever. Right. But instead of reading impulse, I don't think you should do it that way. When impulse tells me the story, oh, I got this comment impulse. I don't think you should do it that way. And you give it this like tone <laughs> yeah, where yeah, I'm there like, it is. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's probably not their tone, bro. <laughs> but, but because you're, uh, so I didn't work out that day. Yeah, because you didn't. Work, yeah, that's right. You didn't exercise, and so you're you're grumpy. No. Most people are decent, right? So yep. just when you're online and you're reading those comments, like you know, try and program yourself every time you feel that like negative reaction. Just just imagine they're like the most enthusiastic commenter ever. Like they love your episodes, and it's like, ah, oh, impulse. I didn't really like that build, you know. But like they're thinking the bit they haven't written. It's like, but I love all of your other builds. Right. Yep. And actually that one was pretty good. It was just my least favorite. Yep. Yep. And they yeah. think, they think that the, the fact that they love everything else you've done, they think it's implied. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and they, because they, that's what they're feeling while they're writing the only thing that you're actually reading. So it, it could be argued that when it comes to mankind's ability to communicate uh, through text in these very quick fashions like this, we are quite clearly in our adolescence. We are, we are, it's going to take a while for us to really understand what this craft is to communicate on this medium. Mm -hmm. And we're just, it's, it's turmoil right now. You know, yeah. people like X to clear it up yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned like the author, that's like, um, that's like a lot of work to communicate. Right. And now we're dealing with this incredibly low barrier of entry where it's like, you can think something and broadcast it to everyone in seconds. And mm -hmm. a lot of the things that you think, if you have to stew on it for a few minutes, a few minutes later, you're like, yeah, that's dumb. But now people are just living with blurting whatever pops into the head, like yeah. straight out onto the internet. Yep. Yeah, and I think uh, some people are are just using it as like a, a pressure valve, right? So like if they're in a bad spot or whatever, and they're they're feeling they're feeling low, and they want to just vent a little bit just to just to release some of that pressure, you know, that they'll just throw it on the internet and mm -hmm. that's how they get it out. That's, that's their venting mechanism. And then that gets consumed by whoever comes across it. And now all of a sudden it's just this like negative energy that you just yeah. released into the wild, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I did a going deep with skiz moment where I talked about be deliberate about your words. Cause you never know when you're imprinting, right? Sometimes mm. you do or say something and you don't, not all people have the intention of imprinting, but sometimes you'll say just the right 
or just the wrong thing at just the wrong time. And now you've imprinted on somebody's mind and it's going to resonate with them sometimes for the rest of their life because you just didn't stop and think a little bit, you yeah. know? So we find ourselves in that space. So, Hey, uh, X, who are you 20 years from now? What, what do you like? You have Jeez. so many great you things. You wait going. till almost an hour into the podcast. I want to like, hear it because I find ever. him fascinating, <laughs> and I'm I'm very into the strength of his character. Yeah. I'm very into uh, who he is, and I don't expect him to have these answers. But there's a lot of <laughs> things going well um, for for X in his life because he has made it so. And he, I think we've identified his ability to see what needs to happen and make that that thing uh, a reality is a skill set that he very, very much has. Um, so to that end, who who are you in 20 years? Are you still doing this? Is there another uh, plane of existence that you're, uh, you want to get to? What, 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 are we, what are we dealing with here? Well, if you'd asked me that like maybe five, 10 years ago, I would have been scared to death of answering that question. But uh, I think, I think very recently I've kind of settled into this, I don't know, sort of comfort with myself and where I'm going uh, where I, I, I feel like wherever I'll be, I'll be happy. I feel like I've figured out the tools I need to, you know, get to where I want to go. But maybe I just don't know where that is on a 20 year time horizon. Um, but I am, you know, I, like I've got some projects that I'm not going to talk about, but like stuff that I'm working on behind the scenes. In fact, some of it I've been working on for a couple of years that will hopefully at some point in the future manifest into something I get to share with everyone and create content with and whatnot. And I'm hoping that I am like paving a path for another avenue, another career potentially. So um, yeah, I've, I've got things in the works that are maybe not a 20 year time horizon, but at least, you know, five, maybe 10. But uh, I, th I think, I think at this point in life, I've figured out to some extent who I am. And so yeah, the whole 20 year thing, it doesn't, doesn't scare me so much. I think I'll, I'll be going in a direction that I'll be happy with. That's, That's a good, good place to be in. So good. Yeah. So good. And I think we kind of glossed over a magical phrase there was wherever I'll, I, I'll be, I'll be happy. Yeah. Like that's that. Wow. If that's not the epitome of being able to acclimate uh, to any scenario and make it the best it possibly can, then I suppose I don't know what is <laughs> that's, that is fascinating. Wow. Okay. Uh, I can't X. I can't say it enough. I'm going to tell you this right now. I am uh, very honored that you, you yeah. gave us this time and this has been nothing but an unbelievable delight. And I'll, I feel, likewise, I want to, I want to be honest about something that I didn't, I thought I was going to get to have a fun podcast with X and have some fun conversations and, and it'd be kind of interesting. And it was all of those things, but it, I didn't expect it to be this inspiring. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't commonly come across people who, um, are, are this articulate in their ability to, um, inspire and, and who are genuinely, they're good for the populace and, and they enjoy being good for the populace. And they have, in my opinion, they have a God given gift, um, that they're properly exercising. And so I came here to do a podcast and maybe laugh and be interested and I'm leaving inspired. So, and, and this is, you are, I, you could be a life coach, dude. So I'm there just, I'm grateful your for your time, man. I really am. Yeah. It's so kind, man. I, um, I really appreciate you guys having me on here like this. I was, like I said, I was so excited when you guys invited me. Um, I've had a huge smile on my face the whole time. My jaw is like <laughs> aching a little bit. <laughs> That's great, um, man. 
yeah thank you so much it's been been a really great experience awesome yeah yeah it's uh, been our pleasure so one thing you know we we focused on learning about you uh both from the content creator side and and now from a more personal side i think when we dive into specific subjects that azuma could could like give, have some some real like knowledge behind you know like the, if we ever did like a follow up to our habits one or anything in, in that kind of realm you're that, reading like my the mind. things that we've talked about I think that uh, we'll definitely reach out and see if you'd be willing to uh, come on and share your insights because it's always good to have more brains oh, yeah, love to do that. more brains when it comes to these subjects so um, yeah yeah if uh, you'd be willing we'll let you know if the opportunity arises we'd love to have you back I'll, I would I, you know I'm gonna say yes <laughs> <laughs> amazing thank you. <laughs> All right, well, that's where we'll end things for this one. Such a fun time. Thanks again, X, and uh, yeah, catch everybody you. next one. All right, thank you, guys. See you. Bye-bye.